I'm Shark Child, and this is The Dark Verse, a collection of my strange works with the sole purpose of sharing with you a unique world of horror and fantasy that will follow you to the visions of your sleep. Come and visit me at facebook.com sharkchild and become my fan. If you want to tell me something, it is a good place to do it. If you're interested in purchasing the Dark Verse Volume 1 hardcover book, go to sharkchildsremains.com. During the month of October, I will be selling this book unsigned for only $17.99, and this includes shipping. If you want a signature, the book will cost only $21.99, including shipping. For those of you who don't know, the Dark Verse Volume 1 hardcover book is imitation leather with foil stamping and black dusting on all sides of the pages. It contains the first 26 stories of the Dark Verse and features the artwork of John Stifter. Here we are at episode 52, the final episode that will be included in the 26 stories of the Dark Verse Volume 2 book, which I can't believe is done already. It's pretty rewarding to look back at how far this podcast has come, but a lot of that has to do with you listeners telling me that you appreciate what I do, and for that I'm grateful and want to thank you greatly. Okay, special listeners. I have something for you. It's called Episode 52 of The Dark Verse, and it's entitled, When Eyes Have Seen Too Much. My squad and I were at the end of our assignment. A brigade of three heavily armored vehicles and twenty-four exhausted, anxious men raced through the canyon of Nazlet. Dust churned behind us in wellsprings of the fleeting memories we hoped to leave behind. If the mind could have held its thoughts as lungs contained breath, we would have clenched out those menacing gestures of contemplation until the journey was through for the road was long before us. Even the reverie and hope of being home was too much a torment. All we wanted was the sound of rubber on road and the wind of movement. Surrounding us, red rock ascended to the heavens, enslaving us to a route of unruly exit. The sky was daunting, hanging above in an incredible intangibleness. It appeared to be the covering of a distant country, not connected to our own. HALT! Captain Tergery's voice boomed and echoed throughout the canyon. The three vehicles stopped. I was in the last. Skillens, what is that? The captain asked of the first in command beside him, who wore binoculars around his neck. I did not need any enhancements to see that something was coming toward us on the road ahead. It waddled, and it was no more the size of a man, 
but it was not man. Stop where you are, shouted Captain Tergery to the approaching form. The thing continued to meander forward like a young child. I had a premonition of what it was, a flash of hideous insight. There was something horrible about its presence, beyond horrible. For in that moment of my look into the regions of time becoming us, I felt a wrongness more burdening than the most wicked sin's guilt. It was more awful than infidelity, more heinous than rape, more sinister than murder. With its sick residue having touched me, even ethereally, I could not quiet its abnormality within me and allow another to determine our course of action. Back away! I yelled. Get away from it! No one moved. No one challenged my demand or obeyed it. Some allure of the strange oncoming entity had captivated the company. The blemish on the path showed its power. Germ, back us out of here! I screamed at the soldier driving the vehicle. He gave me a confused look. Now! I added. He blinked a moment and then began feeling us in reverse. We made it five lengths of our vehicle before we heard the captain scream to the remaining troops to retreat. But it was too late. The occurrence of the blemish on the path had already commenced. Those of us who successfully recoiled witnessed a cloud of green and brown erupt and devour the remaining portion of our squad. The enigma of what we saw distracted Germ and caused him to send the vehicle careening into rock. Bumper twisted against earth for several seconds before he even realized he had hit it. He took his foot off of the gas. We were now many yards away from those covered in the cloud. We sat there for a moment. All of us were in shock, but worse, we were again in a stupor. The cloud of green and brown continued onward and outward. There was something about its elegance and fantastical form that gripped our sights like a woman swimming naked beneath the sunset. It curled and swooped with tendrils of outreaching smoothness. We stared at it moving towards us as if we were a theater audience. The cloud came closer and closer, and we just watched. And when its fringe was almost upon us, we saw the eyes, the actual circular masses of our fellow comrades floating within it, staring at us, holding us more tragically in place. The round, black pupils of the eyes oscillated in size, filling us to the brim with despair while still seducing us with surreal scenery. We need to get out of here, Jerem finally spoke, partially breaking the eerie spell, although his eyes remained glued on that which came towards us. Yes, I said, passively, completely distracted myself by the blemish on the path's cloud and the eyes within it. Ah! Germ wailed, yanking us out from the trance. Go, go, go! I shrieked. At the last possible moment, Germ made a quick two-point turn, pulled us back onto the road, and then drove us back towards the hell we were escaping.
We drove until another blemish on the path cut us off and led us straight into pure wilderness. Then we drove until the gas ran dry, and by that time, dozens of the blemishes on the path were meandering about in all directions, sending forth their thick clouds of green and brown that consumed the land foot by foot, acre by acre. Where they came from, or what they were, no one knew. It looked as if God had sent a cosmic legion across the planet, letting them spread their plague that danced in its awful, glorious, awe-invoking radiance. And while this glamorous pestilence danced around, the sanity of our disciplined camaraderie quickly fell away. We understood the verdict of our entrapment. Some took what rations they could in frenzy and ran off. Others ran straight into the clouds, controlled by the passion of what they saw, believing that something redeeming awaited them. Those of us remaining gathered up rations and equipment and headed out in the direction that avoided the clouds. We started with nine in our vehicle, but only four of us were in this party. About a day later, a time came when the four of us who stuck together sat on the desert ground, while the green and brown clouds encased us within a final square mile of safety, a square mile that swiftly dissipated. We admitted defeat, and had nothing left to do but await our fates. Somebody say something, Gunfern said, slouching his head over his legs. Somebody make peace of these last moments. The tone of his voice was sorrowful, and the inability to see his face in union with the dirt covering him from limb to limb caused him to appear as a ghost. This is it. What could you possibly want us to say? Peace be with you? Germ stated sarcastically. He was coping in a different manner. He wanted to feel confident until his last breath. Just tell me, because if you want me to say it, I'll say it. It's no hassle for me. <laughs> he laughed. What a joke this is, meeting our end like this. We probably did it to ourselves. What the hell kind of a right did we have out here in the first place? Mr. Stahl spoke, the voice of reason. Godforsaken murderers, that's what we are. We're probably just getting what we deserve. Probably. I concurred. If you think that what was happening in that village was completely normal, I'd hate to even bring back its name. We did what we had to, what we knew had to be done. No one should ever have had to see what we did. And I've decided I'm not just going to sit here and let the damn clouds take me. If anything, I'm bringing death to it. I let the final minutes of my life drag my sanity into hysteria. Screw it, I screamed. I cocked my rifle and began running at the unyielding clouds that continued to capture us. I started firing shots into their emptiness. Come here, you maggots, I yelled, directing my words at the blemishes on the path. Come get me. Put your pansy gaseous foam away and come get me with real hands. From within the green and brown clouds, a silhouette of something sprinted for me. A moment later the silhouette was gone, and replacing it was a faceless thing with scarred skin. 
It was so fast that I did not even have time to blink. With two brilliant hands it reached through my head, intangible to face and bone and brain, but tangible to sight, and stole away my eyes. That concludes episode 52 of The Dark Verse. Go to thedarkverse.com if you want to check out all of the past podcasted episodes. You can also get them on iTunes. And speaking of iTunes, if you have a spare second, please go to the Dark Verse page and give it a rating. You know those little stars? Just click them. That's all you have to do. You just click how many stars you want to give the Dark Verse. Very easy. Now goodbye. All stories on the Dark Verse are the sole property of Sharkchild and cannot be used for distribution, publication, or monetary gain without my written consent. Sleep deeply and remember to love. <laughs>